Welcome back to Death Row Diaries. We're on the Patreon feed. I am Matt Ralston. And I'm leaving the Bill, I wanted to ask you about something because a friend of mine went to a low-level prison and he told me a story and I thought, man, he's a nice guy, but how did he not beat the shit out of these guys? Or maybe he was afraid to. I don't know. So here's what happened. Uh, first of all, when you were in jail in county, did they have a communal TV? Well, it depends on what you're at. Yeah, there is a day room for usually low-level prisoners, and there's a TV there. And in the very high, high-risk, like ad segregation hall, there's a day room. You go there for an hour, two hours, and there's a television there. But some of the units, like where I was at, it's an eight-man cell, and there's a television inside the cell for those eight individuals, but these are units usually for uh, high-ranking members of prison gangs, and these guys are all convicts during you know, a lot of time, 20, 30 years. So, yeah, very difficult situation, but there are communal televisions, and you have to protect them. So here's what happened to my friend Garrett Phillips, who wrote a, a really funny book called Look Out for Shorts, and he went to prison for a few years for selling psychedelic drugs at fish concerts. He's a moron, obviously, uh, but he's been out for a while and uh, not a dangerous guy. I'll tell you that. So uh, he was in this level two, I think. And this was in the South. He was in Atlanta in Georgia, I should say. And he wanted to watch the Super Bowl because he's from that part of the country. The Falcons were in the Super Bowl that year. And I kind of remember that vaguely. Uh, what? I don't know. It's 10 years ago or so. And uh, he thought that the Super Bowl was uh, by default something that would go on any TV that was playing, especially in a place with all guys. But unbeknownst to him, they had a, a committee, a little system worked out where these guys were like little kind of an ad hoc panel of commissioners and what you do is go to them uh something like you know a week before whatever it was and request you know a certain program that you wanted to watch and then they would vote on it and approve it and uh in this case he did not do that and they had already voted on watching american gladiators during the super bowl and he was really pissed but he didn't do anything about it um, would you be kind of mad if you couldn't watch the Super Bowl? Well, yeah, no, I get it. But first of all, those committees only happen in prison where morons were. Yes. And, um, at any red-blooded American prison, if anybody voted against the Super Bowl, someone would beat the shit out of that guy. Okay? Look, I... I don't know what freaking prison this is that, what jail this is that, what Snoopy camp this is that. If the Super Bowl's on, the NBA Finals, the World Championship Boxing Match, UFC is on, they're going to watch that. It doesn't matter who is voting what. That system will go out the, out, of, out the window. So, yeah, again, I don't know what the hell. When the Super Bowl's on here, everybody's watching the Super Bowl no matter what. I mean, do prisoners get drunk with power like that? I mean, the... 
the way he's describing it in the book, it's like you see people doing this in bureaucracies all over the place. Like at the DMV, you know, the person's looking at me like, I can't do that. I'm like, yeah, I think you can. I think you just don't want to because you don't like your job. Uh, but do prisoners get real uppity with this kind of stuff when they're granted a, a little bit of administrative authority? Yeah, but in normal prisons, that kind of administrative authority would not fly. Prisoners vote on things, convicts vote on things, and usually they run the program. It's usually done by race. Let's, let's just say, for example, that there was a day room in television at St. Quentin Prison on death row. There would be a system worked out where African Americans would have the phone for that time, whites would have a certain time, Hispanics would have the other time, or whatever, and they rule. But believe me, and I'm telling you this by a medical certainty, if the Super Bowl is on television, everybody watches the Super Bowl. There is no time for Martha Stewart and, you know, the craft show. No. We're watching the Super Bowl. Period. Yeah, I think he just wasn't a violent guy, so he just said, okay, well, whatever, you guys are a bunch of morons. But, I don't know, yeah, I would think that anyone would want to watch the Super Bowl. I'm assuming, hmm, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm assuming these were black guys who I would definitely think would want to watch the Super Bowl. I think they were just being dicks. But uh, usually, so I know there's certain things you can't do in prison. We all know what they are. But can you get your ass kicked or killed just for being a prick? Absolutely. It happens all the time. I mean, that's one of the biggest things. If you disrespect somebody, it isn't that you stole $10 from him. It's by stepping on someone's shoes by the act of any kind of disrespect or swindling. If you took a, a, a nickel from somebody, it's acted upon like you stole $10 million from the guy. It's the principle. So, yeah, if you are a prick... And you disrespect somebody in prison, normally people, you know, the result of violence very quickly. You know, I, I, I'm not advocating it, but this is what usually happens. And that's why there's so much respect in prison for other people's abilities to harm you. If, you know, you are on a committee that runs a, a particular uh, a program on television, you normally are very aware of what people really want to look at. And by you being a prick and putting on Martha Stewart or American Gladiator or something like that, you're going to piss somebody off. And that's not a good position to be in. I wouldn't want to be in that position. So there are a few ways to hurt someone. You could just smack them in the face and take their money. Or you could take a more calculated kind of white collar, almost Stalinesque approach, which is to... Uh, to manipulate supply and demand and resources and kind of slowly starve out the, the proletariat that you so much despise, which is what Bernie Madoff found himself doing in federal prison. Um, I wanted to talk to you about this because he was in federal prison and he bought the entire supply of Swiss Miss hot chocolate with marshmallow mix from the, <laughs> the commissary. And was then charging upwards of 100%, 200% uh, fees in order uh, to, to sell those back to, to the very people he was in prison with. So have you ever heard of that kind of thing going on? Seems pretty sure. nefarious. Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's called running a store. Everybody does it in prisons. But the only difference, you're talking about federal prison, and Bernie Marioff was in a 
a Snoopy camp. He was in a in a hard prison like Marion or you know one of the big ones, the Lompoc or uh, you know the Hot House and all that. He was at a Snoopy white collar. There's a swimming pool in the backyard, a tennis court there where you guys can walk and you know feed your horses type of federal prison. Um, so yeah, what he did was not look front upon in prison. Normally guys, there's a guy in every group being white, Hispanic, African American, and they run a store. That means you're allowed to go in certain prisons for $250, $300, even maybe more in some federal prisons per month to the store. And you can buy basically whatever you want, meaning top ramens, uh, 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 you know, sausage, uh, meats, whatever you want to buy, beef jerky, tuna, whatever. And yeah, you can basically you can buy a lot of the, the supplies that they have and they keep them and hold them. And on the third week, a week prior to um, the store coming back, guys that don't have discipline eat everything up. So they're looking to buy. And of course, if a pack of tuna costs, say, a dollar, the guy in the store sells it for $2.50. So you can only make these purchases one day out of like a two or three week period? Well, usually it's every month. You're allowed to go to the store once a month, and sometimes they have like a makeup draw. We go again, but a lot of guys don't have discipline. They just eat everything up. So of course they can't go to the store again. So they're looking to buy something, and usually they have different setup plans. So for example, a dollar for a tuna. Well, you're gonna pay this guy two dollars and fifty cents for the same tuna, or you take it on credit. But next month you buy him two and you give it to him. So, and if you don't pay within, now this is where loan sharking comes in, and extortion, because if the next draw comes in, and this store guy that runs the store, he's expecting his two packs of tuna, and you don't pay him, well, it doubles again. And if another week goes by or a month, it doubles again. So you went from owing one to owing two to owing four to owing six. That's how loan sharking happens, and extortion happens in prison. But it normally doesn't result in that usually the guy just looking to buy some extra powder milk or whatever he pays you a premium and you get what you need and you walk off everybody's happy so in san quentin what are you capped at you said something around 200 to 300 dollars so they they do have a limit right yeah i think it's something like 240 or 250 dollars you can go to the store i've never gone to the store for that much i don't know what you would buy in the store that you spend 250 dollars a month on but hey there's guys that have a sweet tooth, I guess. So is there a divide between the haves and the have-nots in prison? I mean, you make pretty good money from selling your artwork, and I'm assuming someone then handles transferring that money to you, so you have as much money as you need, and, and I'm assuming that people that had money on the outside can find a way to get that money, but are there guys that just don't have any money, or, like, what's the... Sure. What what are people walking around with? Sure. Like, what's their portfolio looking like as far as prison money? Well, yeah, obviously, it's people that don't have family, don't have friends, and, and, and choose not to work. But in, in prison or any society, there's things you can do to make money. I know a, a number of guys that sew clothes. They they fix people's pants. They look nice in the visiting room. They they iron people's clothes. They wash people's clothes. There's guys that get jobs as block workers. Look, there's a way of making a living if you're willing to work, like in any society. Um, well, maybe you won't have you know three four hundred dollars to spend every month, but you can live 
a normal life. And look, I am a perfect example. I don't spend much money. I, I may spend maybe $80 a month on the store. That's it. And it's plenty. I, I buy certain foods that I like to eat. That's it. I'm not the guy who needs to eat 20 candy bars a day or a week. I, I live very, um, a very moderate life. I, I don't, I'm not excessive in any way. I, I live, um, well, the life of a guy who works for a living. <laughs> There's no other way to explain it, but there are people that have to have it. So when they don't have it, they pay a premium to have it. And there are numbers of guys that run stores in prison, which is to keep items once they run out, and then they sell to the regular guys for a premium. And so this hoarding, this market manipulation, is just looked upon as a legitimate hustle. That's not something that's going to get you beat yep. up. So I want to nail down on the store a little bit. So as far as legal commodities, uh, I've heard just from watching TV, maybe probably writers just like me that don't really know what they're talking about, that Top Ramen or Cup of Noodles is a pretty sought after item. Is that right? Sure. Is it number one? Because that's really cheap stuff, whereas beef jerky... It's actually pretty expensive. So what would you say in San Quentin is like the most premium item? Candy bars. People like to buy candy bars. Now, sure, they sell beans. People sell rice, cup ramen. Yes. But I know that a lot of guys buy chocolate bars, like Snickers, Three Musketeer bars. And, and guys in stores like to carry those because they're very precise. They're very small. They, they sell for a good price. A top round soup is five times the size of a candy bar. And it only sells for 25 cents in the normal store, so you can buy your 50 or 60 cents for it. A candy bar, though, however, is a certain size, costs about a buck 20 or a buck 15. Normally, you can sell it for $2.50 or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think candy bars are probably the most, the most compact and the most lucrative of all the, the things that they sell in the store. And everybody wants them. Yeah, I mean, I've been to five-star restaurants and tried desserts, and, uh, man, I think a Snickers bar really compares to pretty much all that stuff. They're pretty delicious. Bad for you, but goddamn, those are good. <laughs> yeah, only Matt would think of Snickers. You know what? It's really incredible because I can't remember the last time I had a Snickers bar. Hell, I can't remember the last time I had a drink of soda. Probably when I was probably, what, 60 years old? <laughs> yeah, I don't drink soda May I maybe once every few months or so I'll, I'll <clears throat> sneak one in, but yeah, I, people should really stop doing it. It's one of the more insane things people do uh, is drink like a forty ounce Coke. Um, oh my god! Yeah. But uh, the Snickers bars—they uh, could melt, right? In terms of a commodity, the cup of noodles, man—that stuff. Unless you crush it, even then, 
you know, it's going to keep for years and years. I, I could see a candy bar melting, though. Yeah, but look, we're not in an oven here, and those candy bars are gone. Those guys sell those candy bars really quickly. They don't stay around long. If you buy them yesterday, you can sell them for a premium quickly. Actually, even during store, within a few days of store, someone will immediately want to buy candy bars. And normally they sell them like five or six candy bars for a book of stamps. Book of stamps like $11.40 or something to that effect. And five candy bars is what? About five eighty, five ninety. So you're double your money immediately by selling it for books of stamps. So, yeah. The market is there. Every society has these markets, and there's going to be a person that's willing to work in between that little system to try and make some money to at least support himself. And maybe the guy only gets a hundred bucks a month, so he goes to the store for a hundred bucks. He buys what he wants to buy, and he sells it, so he can continue going to the store every month. It's it's a long process. It's not easy, but look, certain guys in prison don't have family, don't have friends and don't want to beg for money from a person on the street or, or ask their mother or whoever is supporting them. Well, now when we talk about commodities that aren't legal, that you can't buy at the store, now, I know you don't want to do this, but could you buy some heroin if you wanted it, like today? Could you get enough drugs that you developed like a drug problem? I'm just trying to. Absolutely. So are you going to pay cash and is it roughly the same as on the street? Is the quality the same? And I mean, could you pay for heroin with Snickers bars? How does all this work? So will they sell you drugs if they know you're going to have a difficult time paying for the drugs? Usually they don't care because they, they, they figure that they're going to get it one way or the other. And that's the problem with these drug dealers and people dealing with drugs is that, that they don't care. They're not there as a social worker to help you through your problems. They're going to supply you something and then once you get involved with them, you're going to play one way or the other. 
just a bad situation. Can you talk about like the most available illegal drug versus the most sought after? Well, in prison, usually the most sought after drugs are the easiest drugs, which is like marijuana, methamphetamines, or heroin. Those are the ones that are really big on the market in prison. Normally, pills and psychedelics, that's nothing people got on, guys don't look for, but it's usually those big three right there. And again, it's, it's a drug dealer selling to you, and if a person is selling drugs in the streets, you should probably sell drugs in the streets. And in prison, it's the same deal. You get in trouble. You, you see people who get involved in drugs in the streets, how they end up, how they look. It's the same thing for prison. Yeah. So going back to the legal stuff, <clears throat> man, snacks... You know, I noticed I was living in these kind of bigger apartment buildings for a while and they have vending machines, you know, because um, there's enough residents that it's profitable, profitable to have a vending machine. And I don't buy Snickers bars, but it's human nature. You know, you put something in front of someone, you know, now all of a sudden every couple of weeks I'm buying a Snickers bar and then they had this new machine that, that was like clear glass that you open the doors and they had all these like. They had macaroni and cheese that my friend told me was good, but it was like room temperature and it came in a tube and you mix it up. And I was like, I, you lost credibility. This shit is not good at all. But uh, are there like are there items that people request or want that you can't get on the inside? And is there a, a way to kind of go through the process of getting uh I don't know what a guy would want, but you know, maybe they want a starburst or, or, um, <clears throat> no, yeah, no, there's, there's a store here at the, at the prison, but also they have a, a, a program called packages and there are different big vendors, like a person, uh, one called access walking hearse, Union direct, and they only supply the prison system. So what this happens is they have a huge catalog, which looks like a supermarket and your family can go there. Or you can go there, send, send a letter, and send a check to them through your, your prison uh, account. And you can buy just about every kind of chocolate you can buy, any kind of um, beef jerky, whatever. If you actually, if you go, if you call them, they'll send you a catalog so you can buy something for somebody in prison. And every three months, you get a package of 30 pounds of whatever you want. 30 pounds, that's a lot. But, I mean, it, it, it helps guys supplement their meals because prison food's not the best in the world. So guys buy mackerel, they buy tuna, they buy, you know, salmon, they buy whatever they want in these little pouches, and these vendors supply them. It's like a store, no difference. So are there guys on the inside, just like there are people on the outside, that there's just something wrong with their brains or they've been, uh, you know, they, they just got a little too into the sugar that are just sitting around drinking Cokes and eating Snickers bars all day and rotting their teeth into their head? And does anyone say, uh, hey, you probably shouldn't be doing that? Well, you know, there's all, every society's got them, and there are people like that, but no one really cares. I mean, you do what you want to do. It's up to you. I mean, God, like me, might say, hey, Jesus Christ, man, how about doing a push-up every once in a while? But for the most part, guys don't really care. They do what they want to do. It's their business. And unless you ask or they ask for your help about taking a habit or something, no one really does anything about it. Yeah, it was a weird question. But when I watch like prison 
documentaries, a lot of the creepy guys, you know, their teeth are all rotted out of their head. And I guess I just notice people's teeth. And then part of me goes, well, is that the prison system that they don't have the care that they need? Or were they just dirt bags on the outside who already were losing their teeth due to all kinds of factors? And now it's just progressed. Yeah, it's exactly right. Because the California Department of Correction gives you dental services. All you have to do is free of charge. All you do is fill out a little slip say, I want to see a dentist. They take you just like medical care. If you feel that you are hearing voices, if you turn a medical slip for a mental specialist, they'll bring a psychologist to your cell and they'll take you psychiatry. There are uh, avenues to get anything you need based on health care. And actually, it's, it's kind of sad, but a lot of the people in prison, here included, get better health care than you do out there, and you're a citizen. Um, so I, I don't, there's no excuse for having a rotted teeth if you decide to write a, a, a one paragraph, one uh, sentence saying, I need a dentist. That's it. Right. So these are just degenerates. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Huh. Is there anything that you want in terms of just, you know, dry goods or whatever? Is there anything that you want in prison? that you haven't been able to get? You mean like maybe a woman? <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah, that would be I, good. I could, use, I could use a night in a, in a nice plush hotel, you know. I, I, but as far as the store is concerned, look, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. I like I like to eat normal balanced meals. I'm not really a, a junkie of food or, or, or of, you know, I drink coffee. I have a cup of coffee in the morning. That's it, you know. Everything with me is moderation. So no, there's not really anything that I really like. I mean, I buy a variety of little things, and that's about it. It's just to supplement my normal um, eating habits. But I'm a pretty normal guy. But if you ever run across a a vending place or a store that sells, um, you know, um, oh hell, I don't know, just uh, something that give me a little bit of freedom for a couple nights, I'd I'd appreciate that. I'll think about it. Maybe we'll ask the listeners. What should I send Bill? What what would uh what would be a nice, um, I don't know, Fourth of July gift for him? Um, oh man, I, I could think of the perfect place if you could give me a weekend in South Africa at Jeffrey's Bay so I could surf that. I'd be really, really uh, appreciative of that. I'll look into it. Although that sounds pretty treacherous. You know, it's been a while. You might want to build yourself up in Malibu before you tackle that. Yeah, I'll take my chances. You know, it's been a long time. It's been it's been nearly forty years since I've served. I need to get back out there. You know, if a great white grabs me, then hey, you know what? It's meant to be, right? I wonder if there will come a time because they did away with soda machines in schools, in public schools, which I thought was a good idea. You know, I mean, I'm a freedom loving American, but just pushing soda onto these kids seemed like a terrible idea, and they corrected it and. And uh, in prison, you're no longer allowed tobacco products. I wonder if there will be a time when they phase out these candy bars and these sodas. You have 60 seconds remaining. Yeah, they might. They might do that. I don't see that anytime soon, but hey, you never know. I didn't see tobacco being phased out either, but it happens. Well, I got to learn something about the store. And I appreciate it. We're going to come back next week with a hard-hitting new Patreon episode and really get into the 
the nitty gritty details of some of the characters you've met behind bars, Bill. Um, so until then, I've been Matt Ralston. And I'm Lou here. Be safe. Be aware of your surroundings. Your life can depend on it.